You're listening to Inside Public Procurement by Bonfire, a show celebrating the unique stories and heroic efforts of those on the front lines of public procurement. Each episode, we bring you the latest trends, tips, and real stories from procurement trailblazers like you, who work tirelessly to bring positive impact to the agencies and communities you serve. Together, let's elevate the field of public procurement to new heights. Now, pull up a chair and let's gather around the bonfire. Our show is about to begin. Hello and welcome to the Inside Public Procurement Podcast. My name is Tung La and I'm the podcast producer at Bonfire, an e-procurement solution used by over 600 public agencies in North America. I'm joined today by Dr. Ivana Mahoney from the beautiful city from Charleston, South Carolina, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, like three years ago, and currently the contract services administrator for APS Facility Services. She absolutely loves loves her career. She's able to assist their clientele with procurement needs from solicitations to vendor relationships and contract management. Welcome to the show. Hi, I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for you to be here too. Now you have an even more extended biography, which I want to read because it sounds <laughs> like... Man, it's so impressive. Thank <laughs> when, you. I'm, when I'm reading your biography, you can almost write a book on your life and it's coming. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I can't wait for my copy. <laughs> Dr. Ivana, you received your doctorate degree from the University of Charleston in Charleston, West Virginia, with a concentration in executive leadership. You yes. received your undergraduate and graduate degree from South Carolina State University with a concentration in business management and business business administration. You are a dedicated student to learning much knowledge about the ever-changing profession of business. You're a member of the following professional organizations, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and Beta Gamma Sigma Business Fraternity. Yes. Your motto in life, and I love this. When I read this, I think this is really cool. Your motto in life is to always achieve and strive for success because your future is full of opportunities. It is. (laughs) It sounds like you're writing a book right now for this book. Like, Listen, I am in the process. I am in the process of doing that. It. So that was wonderful that you noted that. But yes. Yeah. I mean, this motto, I love it so much. I mean, it's a bit long for a tattoo. I was thinking <laughs> some people write there, you know, believe in your dreams on their back. Exactly. I don't think you can write that on your back. No, I definitely <laughs> just have to say it every time I speak. <laughs> well, I'm so happy you're here and joining us here today. Now, we met not too long ago, a few months ago now in Atlanta, Georgia, when yes. the folks at Bonfire visited for the user meetup and I eyed you down and I'm like, hey, you should be on this podcast. And you're like, well, yes, but I need to think about this some more. I need to get in the zone for this. And yes. ever since you've been meditating on what to say and here we are, we're ready to do this podcast. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, you did invite me a while ago and I'm happy that we finally connected I and mean, we're able to share the good things going at APS facilities as well as APS as a whole because we're a wonderful school district in Atlanta. I can't wait to get into that. Now, I do want to pivot a little bit into just getting to know you. I like to always start with a fun question of the day, okay. fun question of the episode. Now, this is not a new topic. You've probably heard this argument before, but it's very top of mind right now for me because I just had this fresh argument with a group of friends and I want you as a doctor to settle this for me. <laughs> 
Not sure if you need to be qualified as a doctor to do it, but I need you to settle this for me. Here it is. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes or no? Oh, are you really going to throw this at me? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Well, the meat is between a piece of bread. <laughs> is it a sandwich? I'm going to say yeah. What did you say? I said yes, too. Oh, I said see? Yes too. Okay, so here we are. We're already aligned, ready to talk. I feel really good about everything right now. And you heard it here first, folks. A doctor is in the podcast today <laughs> to tell you once and for all it is a sandwich. It is. If you don't agree with us, hey, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say either. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about your journey into procurement. You have a very impressive background, but I wanted to, you know, reel it back into how you even got into this profession and what made you want to move things in this direction towards procurement? Yes, excellent question. So I actually got into procurement, I will say, really, when I started with APS. Before APS, well, of course, you all know from here in my bio, my background is business. And in school, business encompasses a lot. You kind of don't know what direction you're going in once you graduate, but you know you're going to be some type of leadership executive role in your organization. And so I did a lot of business management and administration and my doctoral program, I kind of hound in on executive leadership, being able to help top leaders within organizations. And so I actually taught before this role. I taught math. I taught it in South Carolina and then I matriculated to Georgia and I also taught there. But I've always been one to want to grow myself and expand myself, especially professionally. And so I applied for this job, not really knowing what it entailed, to be honest. The title was contract services administrator. So I do have prior experience in federal government with grant management, being able to negotiate contracts as well. So I knew it would all tie together. However, I didn't really know the procurement side of it for this role. And so when I got into this role, not only do I do the contract administration, but I'm also being able to help our clients, which our end users at facilities are capital improvements and maintenance and operations, helping them acquire their goods and services. And so that is how I got into the wonderful role of procurement with APS. That is quite a journey. And I love that. I love that so much. And you're right. Yes. Like we've talked to many people who are like, yeah, business, let's start at business. And then, oh, procurement, what's that? And then they get into that. And it sounds like you're enjoying it quite a lot then. I thoroughly enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy, especially being at facilities. I love our end users who we work with. I adore being able to get into those vendor relationships. I love working with the staff here at APS because we all have the same mission and goal, which is to make sure we're doing our very best at acquiring goods and services on behalf of APS, which not only includes the school staff and students, but also our community, which is our stakeholders. That's fantastic. So I want to get into the questions for today. And APS is a very interesting organization because you do things a little bit differently than, let's say, other organizations. There's kind Mm -hmm. of a different approach. And that's why I'm really excited to talk to you because you're you're specifically in the facilities procurement side of things. But there is different side of things at APS. And I would love to hear your thoughts on how this all meshes together and how you all work in unison to get it all to work, let's say. Yes. Uh, So at APS, we have our central office, which is known as our procurement services office. And then we also have our facilities department, which has procurement as well. Our central office procurement, of course, they're the primary agent for the district. Okay, so all of our formal solicitations are done through our central office. Our facilities procurement office, we are able to do secondary coding based on that vendor pool of qualified vendors that we have already vetted through our central procurement office. We make sure that our mission aligns because at procurement, they make sure that they are 
are getting quality goods and services on behalf of the overall school district and here in facilities, we support the district and making sure we acquire the same. Yes. So that was actually my first question is just going through the differences between the two. But I'd like to also know how you collaborate between the two facilities procurement and central office procurement and why that's so important for success. Yes. So we collaborate and we make sure, of course, when we are working on the formal solicitations that are going through their office, we have meetings. We also host these biweekly meetings where we meet as a team because, of course, nothing in procurement can be done without having a schedule. So we always want to make sure that we are in alignment with what each other is doing so that they know what we're sending their way. They know also what we're working on over here because as the primary agent, they have to still be in tune to make sure that we're following, of course, the policies and procedures that are laid out by the districts. Our collaboration and our cohesiveness in getting this all done, I would say we do a very good job at it. Not one person puts, you know, something over the rest. We all have the same mission and value for Atlanta Public Schools. And I think that's what helped everything works together. You just mentioned multiple departments and like scheduling. Did you find that challenging to coordinate between two separate departments and then the actual scheduling piece of it? What is the method towards that? How do you guys actually schedule that? Yes, that's a very good question. So when I particularly got in this role, my executive director charged our administration and management department for facilities who handles facilities procurement to create a procurement schedule that we would share with our central office. And so in that procurement schedule, we meet with our end users in-house and facilities, capital improvement and maintenance and operations to make sure that we can tell our central office what is coming their way and we do it for the next three months. So we are always providing them information up front. That way we can give them the 30 days that they need to review. We also have acquisition planning where we meet and talk about the different deadlines of the project so that we're all on one accord. Not only do they meet with facilities procurement, but we also bring in our executive leadership as well as our executive directors for both capital improvement and maintenance and operations. And we bring in our project managers. So we try to make sure everybody is a part of the process. That also is what helps it run smoothly because we're not leaving anyone who is important to everything getting done out of the situation. You seem very well organized, I guess is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we try to be. I definitely try to be as a person. I learned a long time ago, time management and organization is key, not only in keeping up with your personal life, but professional as well. Totally. I just assume your calendar is back to back to back to back (laughs) and like even your scheduling stuff in your personal life on your work (laughs) calendar, you're like three hours for sleep, one hour for eating, (laughs) two hours for TV, back to work. (laughs) I will say too, I also learned time management. I'm a mom. So you have to make sure you divvy out your time well. And it's just something, like I said, I take priority over in my life is just making sure everything is very detailed because in this capacity, of course, the only way we can meet our mission is if we're effectively and efficiently doing our job. So yes. That's great. Okay, we'll move on to our next question here. Like, So we've definitely talked with guests before about the process of creating an RFP, but given that you work in the public school system, I was wondering if there are any unique aspects to RFP creation that are school specific. And is there anything that sets a public school RFP apart from others? 
I wouldn't say that there's anything that sets it apart. I will say we probably take different steps or stages into what we do. So at Atlanta Public Schools, our central office goes through these six stages, discovery, development, release, evaluation, recommendation, and of course, contract administration. So actually creating the RFP, um, we do a lot of discovery. And here in facilities, our discovery, of course, comes from our end users, our project managers, or our maintenance operation managers who are requesting the service. We make sure that we meet with our project managers to really make sure we hound in on that scope of work. We like it to be very detailed, as much information as possible, because these are the goods and services that you all are requiring, and we need to make sure that we have everything that you are looking for. After that, we make sure that in our creation, we do a lot of drafts. Bonfire gives us the capability to draft, draft, draft way before we ever release. So there are a lot of times when I am in there just double checking every detail, every fact, the release date, the content and information, our requirements for submission, making sure that I have all of the drawings, any extra resources that go along with the projects. And that just requires, again, collaboration with different people among my facilities department. I can't take all the credit, of course, for getting it done, but the creation just involves a lot of parties. And I think when you pull out as much information as you can from everyone in in the beginning, it makes doing the RFP a much seamless process. <laughs> that is a perfect segue into my next question here. <laughs> so yeah, we talked a lot about collaboration. We, we talk about this almost every week. You mentioned it before, which is procurement. It's a very team-oriented profession, I think. And you cannot well, there are one-person procurement teams out there, and bless those people who, who just hey, do that. I only have two people. It's me and a senior buyer. <laughs> true. But you're talking to other people in the profession exactly. to figure it all out. Yes. I mean, even those one-person departments, they're always like, at least they can talk to another organization and be like, hey, what are you doing? Because exactly. I need help right now. Yeah. So obviously, being able to work with vendors well is very pivotal. But can you expand a bit on why that relationship is so important when it comes to providing the best results? Yes. So vendor relationship is definitely important because in procurement, again, when you're acquiring goods and services of our vendors, you have to make sure that one, your relationship with the vendors is set up to where you can go for them, where your vendors can come to you for questions. You can call them for questions during that period when you open up the floor for questions and answers. You know, you want the vendors to feel comfortable and what they are asking because we're trying to acquire goods and services and they are trying to make sure that they meet the needs of our requirements. So that relationship is of vital importance. I definitely take heed to vendor relationships. Like I said, we do secondary quoting in facilities. So I make sure that I contact our vendors to make sure that I have relevant and updated information because I've noticed that the rollover in these firms have been quite a turnover in the past year or so. And so you want to make sure that vendors are getting your notifications. They are receiving the solicitation and the required documents. They do understand what it is that they need to submit, what it is that you're looking for. All of these questions can be done up front and without that relationship, vendors wouldn't be able to come and ask you that. So I definitely believe in vendor relationship. I definitely am an advocate for it. I like working with our vendors and I'm always appreciative of them continuously supporting Atlanta Public Schools and believing in our mission, especially facilities and making sure that we take care of our students and staff and community and providing an excellent 
parents in the facilities that we put up and maintain with Atlanta Public Schools. That's great. So there's always a constant dialogue between you and your vendors to keep up with those relationships. Yes, there definitely is. And I've met a lot of vendors, like I said, in the very few months that I've been here. It hasn't even been a year yet with Atlanta Public Schools, but I've met a lot of vendors. We also invite our vendors in the facilities. We have meetings with our vendors. We are always talking to our vendors as well as the central office. Of course, we always get to meet our vendors when we do site visits or pre-proposals for our central office. So we're always engaging with the vendors and with the community as a whole. That's fantastic. Is one of the questions that you asked to just instantly gauge if it's going to be a good fit. The hot dog sandwich question. I think you, might really, <laughs> you use that. You already know they're going to work well with you. That's my thought Yes, process. I'm going to have to start asking them that. Like, hey, guys, let's start this meeting off with that. <laughs> and if they say no, you're like, well, it was nice meeting you. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> I'd love to hear some recent big success stories you'd like to share from your department and facilities at APS. So some recent big success stories of APS, of course, APS facilities is housed under operations for Atlanta Public Schools. And so we're just always striving to make sure that we are meeting the demands that the district has set forth. I will say... I guess our biggest successes are that we have successfully removed facilities related issues and making sure that we can focus on instructional personnel. That is a big push for our district. And I believe that we've done a wonderful job with that. I will say also APS as a whole and working with facilities, we have definitely collaborated and are pushing our supplier diversity efforts. That's like at the top of our forefront right now, making sure that we are working the small women-owned business population to include them so that they know of these solicitations, know of these notifications up front. We are just gearing up our efforts here at APS, and I just think we're doing a wonderful job at capturing that data and pushing forward so that we meet the initiative that Superintendent Herring has set forth for us. So I would say that that's a great success that Facilities is currently working on. (laughs) Yeah, that's phenomenal. I would say the topic of supplier diversity is one that is becoming a very positive trend in the industry, something that I've seen that many organizations are pushing harder to seek out those vendors who are women owned or from, you know, an indigenous community or minority or whatever it is. Exactly. I'm curious, what kind of strategies are you using to be able to find these vendors? So we have an office of supplier diversity that handles that facilities. We coordinate with them. We also have meetings scheduled with them where we're in alignment and making sure that their efforts align with our efforts and any resources that we can share, that we are meshing them both together so that we're getting the greatest, you know, buck for our dollar when we are seeking those vendors. Fantastic. I'll shift gears into talking more about the public school system a little bit because it Mm -hmm. is APS, Atlanta Public Schools. (laughs) (laughs) So working in procurement for a public school system, how important is it for teachers and principals to have an understanding of the procurement process so when they need certain things, they know how to go about it? Yes. So what procurement services, of course, it is our biggest goal to support the needs of our school and the various departments of Atlanta Public Schools. The response 
response of procurement is always for the principals, the teachers, the students. And I think principals and teachers understanding that that impact that they have with reaching out to procurement or knowing about their procurement services, it just impacts the overall environment in which teachers and students can learn in, especially for facilities, because the buildings that they are in, you know, (laughs) we're trying to get the goods and services for that. So I think just understanding where we fit in into their day-to-day lifestyle within the teaching environment and, you know, for the students in their learning environment, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's great. I used to work at a university. uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I did too. (laughs) Yo, great. I mean, I believe I believe you worked everywhere at this point. (laughs) I did too. South Carolina State, where I graduated from. Oh, wow, cool. I'm from Canada, so yeah, Carleton University. For anyone who knows, who lives in Ontario, very specific. Anyways, yeah, I was just thinking like a lot of people who worked in university, me included. I worked there for like five years. I don't even know about procurement. And I think it's one of those things that if I did know about it, or if we had more education about the procurement process that was going on, then I feel like more collaboration and better decision making could have been had. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. Like I say, a lot of people just house it under business, you know, it's something that people do under business. But like you said, I think learning very early on what all procurement and procurement services encompasses, because like we said, I mean, it's a part of it for vendor relationship. It's a part of it for contract administration and management. It's a part of it for solicitation. That's a process just within itself. So I think understanding the different avenues and, you know, being able to reach the students and teachers to help them understand how procurement is used to get them the things that they have at the schools and the buildings and the renovations and the, you know, modifications of school buildings. I think if they just understand the overall process, like I said, the impact that we have in their everyday environmental and learning environment, they'll understand it <laughs> better. Yeah, totally. So what a, yeah, that's so interesting. And I, I totally agree with you. I wonder, like, what is the best, and there's probably not one answer, but what is a good way for departments at a school, at a business, at an organization to learn more about the procurement department? How do, how do we get that in the forefront of people's minds to be like, hey, we're here, we do things. You're kind of like the hidden hero that kind of procures things for everybody <laughs> else. But everybody's like, they see a new desk, they see something being built and they're like, ah, oh, somebody's doing it, but they don't right. exactly know who, right? So how do we put that in front of people's minds, I wonder? Well, I would just say the best way to do it, of course, in any organization is to provide the learning environment for it. Provide training, have your procurement officers and staff members go out, you know, to the actual schools and make their presence known, you know, I'm in the facilities a lot. You know, I joke around with my director and I'm like, wow, we're always on the back end of everything, which is not bad. But, you know, you also sometimes want to go out and see the projects that are being done that you actually put out. So I think, like you said, making ourselves more present at the schools and to those who don't know, and especially the scholars. Scholars just don't know, you know, where they can end up if they understand procurement early on, you know, you have so many kids, you ask, what do you want to be? And they're like, doctors, lawyers, you know, you never hear procurement, you know, never (laughs) hear that. Not yet. (laughs) Exactly. Not yet, because we're going to make a change. But I definitely think just educating and finding ways to get into the school, maybe, you know, the pathway programs that many schools have available now, just taking that opportunity to make procurement known and representable in school buildings. I like that idea. I like the idea that like everyone always says procurement kind of works in the shadows, works behind the scenes and kind of things. But I do like the point that maybe 
we should start showing up to more things, at least in terms of physically being the face of it, right? Exactly. When something's being built, it's like, oh, Dr. Mahoney, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to yeah. say, though, one yeah. way we incorporate principles into what we do, some of our, well, some, maybe not all of our solicitations that are formal solicitations, we do invite the principals to be a, a part of the interview panel. So that allows them to actually, you know, come in and be able to hear from the vendors who submitted proposals to work on their schools. And so it's always good to have the principal here for insight, you know, because it will be their school building and they could just give a little more knowledge and provide, you know, a little more detail when they sit on that committee. So cool. And I think that kind of ties into the final segue. The final question that we have is how do you ensure that procurement is seen as a strategic partner and not just red tape by principals and teachers? Right. And so I think, like I said, to bring it all back into full spectrum, I think we have to understand and what the procurement process is and how it all begins. So we have to keep in our mindset that we are here to obtain goods or services as requested. You see what I'm saying? And I think as long as our principals and our teachers or anybody in the school who's requesting a good or service, I think if they understand how we are here to assist them and the ways that we assist them, that that's how we make ourselves stick out strategic and not just as red tape. Again, going back to APS, I think having the understand our six stages. Again, discovery, development, release, evaluation, recommendation, and then the contract administration. Because ideally, if something already has a contract, when you are looking for a good or service, you can just go in and do a requisition. If it needs to start from the whole process, then you need to understand that as well. And so I believe at APS, again, we do a wonderful job, our central procurement and our facilities, and making sure our end users understand our process here and what we have in place. It may seem like a lot, but our collaboration with one another is what helps us get the job done. We're very strategic in our planning process. We make sure that we understand, again, what the end users are ideally looking for. I mean, we make sure our vendors know exactly what we're looking for. And we make sure our scope is fully developed um, because we don't want, you know, anything put out that we aren't seeking. So I believe our good planning, our good collaboration and our good efforts in making sure we meet the mission, which is to provide a selection of quality goods and services for the use of APS students and staff. I believe that we all focus on that and that's what helps us accomplish everything to get what our principals and teachers are seeking. Yeah, I really like that. And I was just thinking, I was just having some flashbacks to when it was the Atlanta meetup. And I was also thinking, a piece of this collaboration that you have. And there's a certain energy when I was looking in the room full of people here. I'm like, what does these Atlanta public school folks do? <laughs> like, they're so happy and they have such a great positive environment in this one room and it, it feels like you're very all very happy working together and it's it's really nice that you get to collaborate every single day with one another and I think that probably adds to your abilities your whole organization's abilities to work so well together yes yes we definitely have a good working relationship I value it because I know it's not common but I do believe like I said we all focus on the overall mission and we know what we're tasked with at Atlanta Public Schools Dr. Herring has set out some wonderful values for us and and we all are looking to fulfill it. And I believe that's what helps push APS procurement, whether it's our central office or our facilities office to get the job done. Fantastic. Is there anything, before I go into my final, final question, is there anything left unsaid that you want to highlight about the conversation we've had so far or about APS, anything like that? 
Um, well, I just would like to say I am thankful uh, for this opportunity. I would like to say a special thank you to Mr. Larry Hoskins, who is the overall person for facilities at APS. Our facility services, our senior executive director is Mr. Drake. My executive supervisor is Dr. Lakeisha Levy. I'm thankful for their guidance. Everybody I name has been a very supportive person of me coming in here and taking on this role. So I'm very thankful for their guidance. I'm happy to be able to serve in this capacity on behalf of Atlanta Public School Facilities. To the vendors, if any of you are listening, thank you for your continuous support. My APS, we definitely value your business. We wouldn't be able to do what we do every day without you. So thank you for your support to everybody in the city of Atlanta and the state, local government. Thank you for everything that you do. Procurement is on the rise. We always have been, but I think now it's at the forefront and I am just happy to be among someone who can add value to this profession. I love that. So my very final question for you before we close out is that every week, every episode, we ask our guess, what is the number one piece of advice you give to people starting their career in public procurement? So what I would say for starting off in procurement, I would definitely make sure you understand your organization and take heed to the mission. Procurement can look different in every organization, trust me. So you have to fully understand what it is your organization is seeking in their procurement office. Once you do that, I would definitely say hound on to time management. Procurement definitely has deadlines like no other. So you have to make sure that you're fulfilling your job by meeting the timelines and also not getting burnout in the process. I'm a big advocate for self-care. So making sure that you take care of yourself. And I know I'm providing a little more than you asked for, but just making sure you take care of yourself in the process as well, because you only can be a better professional when you're a better person and an individual. This is really funny to me because <laughs> as you're talking about all the things you do in a day, your organization, just not only by work, by being a mom as well. And I'm like, you're just touched on it. How do you avoid that burnout? <laughs> how, how do you do that? <laughs> I avoid it with self-care. I'm, I'm very big on it. I'm, I'm very big on my mental as well. I personally journal a lot. I go to the gym Monday through Friday. So you just have to find that space where you don't have to be consumed with work, where you can take a second off. And believe me, I work around the clock. Like as soon as I leave the gym, my phone is going off. I'm responding to an email. I'm getting home and jumping on my laptop. But I still make time for the things that are important to me. And that's in any profession. You have to make sure I'm still a mom. I'm still a great mom. I have a three-year-old, so I am like <laughs> a toddler mom just yeah. starting. So I still make time for me, but I also take work very serious because, again, I know the mission and I know what we are trying to accomplish at Atlanta Public Schools. And so I would just say, make sure when you get into procurement, you understand what it is for your organization that you are seeking to do. We all are trying to acquire goods and services, but specifically for your organization, organization? What is the mission? What is the value of your organization? And just make sure every day you show up to work that you're trying to meet that goal. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, a three-year-old with all you do? That's, that's a hard thing, everyone. <laughs> that's, if Dr. Mahoney can do it, we can all do it. <laughs> Everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today. If people want to get in contact with you and find you and ask you any questions, how can they do that? You can get in contact with me via APS. My email address is Avana, so A V O N A 
dot Mahoney, M-C-H-O-N-E-Y, the number one at Atlanta dot k12 dot ga dot us that's the best way to reach me like i just told you all i'm always connected to my phone so i will see an email i'm always open to opportunities to speak as well so if you're listening in greater atlanta or anywhere else we have to take procurement on another level so anyway i can assist in speaking about it or helping another organization please feel free to reach out I love that. And we thank you so much for joining us here today. And I I just know that you've provided lots of value even in our short conversation to all of our listeners over here. So thank you once again for joining us on another episode of Inside Public Procurement. Hopefully, Dr. Ivana Mahoney can join us another time where she'll talk about, I don't know, pineapple on pizza or something like that. (laughs) Another hot, controversial topic. And also procurement as well. Yes, because we solved the number one question already today. <laughs> Thanks again. Bye, everyone. Procurement professionals like you are the lifeblood of public sector organizations dedicated not only to supporting your agency, but the constituents you serve. That's why we've created the Inside Public Procurement Podcast here at Bonfire, a unique place where you can share stories and discuss the topics that matter to public procurement pros. From digitization and the future of public procurement to ensuring a fair and transparent process, we're all about finding new strategies to help your agency succeed. Join us at GoBonfire.com to learn more. You've been listening to Inside Public Procurement by Bonfire. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you have an idea for an episode or want to come on as a guest, email us at hello at gobonfire.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.